Ladies, gentlemen, geeks of all ages, you are now entering BJ Shea's Geek Nation. Welcome. Yes, welcome to BJ Shea's Geek Nation. I am the Reverend Enfuego. Across from me is Vicky Barcelona. Hello. Show's namesake, BJ Shea. He's here. I am present. And running the boards is me. There's no Joey D's on this Wednesday. Can't forget all about that. But yes, we've got lots of stuff to talk about, including some comic book talk from BJ. We will get into the book of Boba Fett. It had its finale. And we will discuss that. We'll talk a little bit about Obi-Wan as well. And, of course, the Geek Sheet with Vicky B. Vicky, how can people get a hold of us? Get a hold of us via our website, bjgeeknation.com. It's going to have our blogs, <laughs> podcasts, and more. 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 Or just search BJ Shea's Geek Nation on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, iTunes, on the Odyssey app. Duh. Yeah. To find us. Lots of ways. <laughs> Duh. Duh. Uh, if you do not know how to spell Odyssey, it's A-U-D-A-C-Y. It's a little bit different in the Odyssey. spelling. Uh, it's a little audacious. It's a little audio. And it is an Odyssey itself. So that's where they get the name. I and get it. Yeah. Now, uh, now you know. So that's pretty cool, right? Odyssey. <laughs> now it is comic book day, so let's start this off with some comic book chat. BJ, you've been hitting the old standbys with that in a in a new one, so I'm very excited to see where this is going to be going with you, buddy. I will tell you this: uh, so the 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 Spider Man arc that's going on right now. First of all, it's an epic arc that they've been working on for the longest time, and they have. It, I don't wow. know, man, if this has ever been done before. Every issue has got, it's like every issue of this beyond, and we are already in chapter 14. So there's 14 Spider-Man issues that have come out. Wow. And of course, they're releasing a bunch of them, like it seems two a month at least. Uh, it is, uh, it's done by different writers and artists. So you're really getting to see the showcase of great writers and artists on, uh, you know, one of the greatest Marvel comics ever. Uh, that's a treat. It really is a treat. As um, you know, they, they they all know the story arc, but they all take the story in the direction they want. And then just to see all the different artists take on Spider Man, I think you know. Just if you if you say to yourself, "All right, you know, I really haven't read a lot of Spider Man, whatever," but you want to just see like just this great palette of amazing work, uh, then check out the Beyond Saga, uh, which starts somewhere Ooh. I think in the seventies. Spider, you know, the Amazing Spider Man seventy something, and uh, and currently we're on issue eighty eight. Uh, I will tell you this, and I'm not spoiling anything because it's on the cover. We have a brand new supervillain based uh, in the legacy of a brand old supervillain. Really? You've heard of the Green Goblin. Yeah. You've heard of the Hobgoblin. Yes. Well, what about Queen Goblin? What? What? Oh, yeah. Oh, and she's, you know what? She's not to be trifled with. That's all I'm going to say. Uh, (laughs) Okay, fair enough. Yeah. Um... You know, it's funny. It says, and 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 basically, the little tag they give you is that uh, who is Queen Goblin for almost sixty years? Spider Man has been defined by goblins, and Ben Riley has a brand new one, all his own. And if you don't know Ben Riley, Ben Riley is a clone of Peter Parker, uh, who somehow survived. There was a whole clone thing. You know, guys probably remember that from way back in some old Spider Man books. Oh yeah, actually, yeah, uh, yeah. And it seems like everybody's been cloned in, in the world of Spider Man. So Ben, so Ben is currently playing Spider-Man for this corporation called Beyond, who actually ha- is hiring people to be heroes. And uh, somehow Beyond got the copyright on Spider-Man's name. 
So Peter Parker, who got really <laughs> massively screwed up and injured, and he's trying to fight his way back as far as just be functional again, uh, not only does he have to deal with the fact that somebody else is out there doing his thing, which I guess isn't bad because it's really him cloned up, but he doesn't even own his name anymore, and I don't know how that's going to be for Peter. Uh, but so Ben is just uh, been taking a beating here, there, and everywhere, had to fight Doc Ock, and now Ben has his own goblin, Queen Goblin. And let's just say this, uh, the way she's created perhaps makes her well, the most evil goblin there is. Um, oh, geez. Okay. Yeah. And uh, who is she? How did she come to be? Well, let's just say, I mean, this isn't the Beyond Saga for nothing. <laughs> okay. So, so hard oh, to believe, yeah. but would, could a shady corporation that's just buying up so many things and really acquiring all these things and hiring and firing people and stealing their stuff and... Could they be responsible? Ah, no way. No. no, come on. What are you talking about? So that's Spidey88. Uh, also, if you get uh, 88.bay, which is uh, a court of side thing, introducing the Slingers. Uh, and if you remember the Prowler, and uh, a lot of you folks that remember Into the Spider-Verse, you remember that um, uh, Miles' uncle, I think, was the Prowler in that particular one. Okay. Uh, okay. If you remember the Prowler, yeah. Um, well, he's well, you know, he's there's a dude named Hobie in this universe that's also the Prowler, but now is becoming the Hornet, which pisses off the rest of the Slingers because the Hornet was somebody else, and they feel like you should be wearing his uniform. And, uh, <laughs> and so you get to meet the Slingers. Who are the Slingers? Well, find out. Read issue eighty-eight. Bey. Uh, it's a Beyond tie-in. Ah, and, okay, that's uh, perfect. Yeah, they've been doing a lot of that, right? Yes, they have. I mean, like I said, they really. It seems like they release an issue. Oh well, there's another. By the time I get done with this, there'll be another one. Yeah. Uh, uh, Fantastic Four uh, issue thirty nine. Uh, it is the six faces of Franklin Richards as we get to see Franklin at different aspects of his life, including older Franklin Richards and way older and semi older, and then little baby Franklin and um, yeah. So it is a day of reckoning coming for both the Marvel universe. And the Fantastic Four. Dun, dun, dun. Damn, yeah. Yeah, and uh, they've been having a trial to basically, uh, hey, get this, be able to retain the the uh, the parenting rights uh, for the clone of the wizard. <laughs> huh? These clones, these cloney people. <laughs> and uh, it turns out that, wow, we thought the, real, the original bad person and all this is the kid was trying to be stolen by his original dad or whatever, which was the wizard. Turns out, yeah. Everybody was being manipulated. I'll just leave you at that. When the trial's over, you realize it ended exactly the way somebody wanted it to end, and it wasn't anybody who you thought was even involved in this. Uh, and the She-Hulk is a guest star in this because she plays a lawyer because that's who she is. Yeah. Uh, uh, the Watcher is in this as well as Nick Fury. And, hey, everybody, if you're a Loki fan, you remember the TVA, don't you? They're in this as well. Okay. <laughs> yeah, because as you know, Kang is an original FF villain, so you know. Oh, yeah, you're right. So you know that the FF is. Uh, I really think it's cool that everything we see in the Disney Plus universe, somehow the Fantastic Four are going, hey, we were there. You know, um, <laughs> remember, remember, yeah, which we have been teased at some point. We thought phase four, since it looked like the Fantastic Four number, that we'd somehow some way see uh, the Fantastic Four. But uh, so far, we, we've heard hints, rumors, allegations that go beyond like 2024, even without any appearance from them. So, yeah, uh, yet. I think it's fascinating that the comic book and Dan Slott, they're weaving in a lot of stuff we know from the Disney Plus shows. So that's kind of cool. Absolutely. And then, 
And again, it's FF39. Finally, uh, Rev, you and I both celebrated as it's been, what, 70 years, I think? It's been a minute. <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, I mean, talk about cliffhangers. And granted, look, Brian K. Vaughn uh, has had a lot going on as his career has skyrocketed beyond just comics. There's a lot of TV shows and people want him to do stuff. Uh, but uh, one of the most successful books ever, and he's even talked about the millions of copies there are. There's 7 million copies to date of Saga that are out there, translated into 20 languages. It's won a ridiculous amount of awards, and rightly so. It is an amazing book. And finally, finally it's back after, gosh, it's got to at least be three years, I think, since... uh, At least that. Yeah. Uh, and that's when they dropped a bomb that basically one of the most you know one of the beloved characters uh, the you know we we've been getting a narration from this little girl called Hazel but she's writing about this and it's almost like we're reading her journal of life and I don't know how old she is when she's writing this but the writing seems to be written like a child's writing but again we know that it's the narrator which is her is older than what we're seeing mm-hmm. we just don't know how old and we, unfortunately, we found out that the, there was a death of a major character at the end of 54, and that's how it ended Damn. the first half of this saga, which is supposed to go about 108, I think he said, 100-ish, 108-ish uh, issues. So we're at the halfway point-ish, pretty much. Right. And, um, and and 55 kicks off with what you know saga to be, uh, which is, uh, well, there's lots of sex, lots of, <laughs> lots of graphic stuff, uh, yeah. lots of lots of people who are adults behaving badly. Uh, there's a new character to who's who's here. We didn't really know much about, but uh, obviously we lost a character. Um, and Rev, I don't whatever you want to say about Saga. It is a wonderful story about a dysfunctional family, Romeo and Juliet style, because there's a giant war going on between two different factions. And of course, wait, what happens? Uh, you know what? Romeo and Juliet get together, have and- a baby, and then the baby <laughs> is considered the most heinous thing by both factions. And Everybody wants it dead, yep. and that's poor Hazel. It, yeah, chaos ensues with all of that. Uh, I love the art direction. I love just the style of it. Like, you get, you don't get, like, I've only read the first um, volume, the first graphic novel volume, and I've got the second one in the hopper, so I'm really happy about it to, to the fact that I can keep going on once I finish that one. But it's like, it's just, I just love how beautiful it is, how epic it looks, but also very personal as well. It's a story about, just a small amount of people, but the worlds are so huge and so amazing. Yes. And uh, I know I want to make sure I get her name correct. I think it's, I know it's Fiona, but I want to make sure I get her name right. If it's Fiona Flowers, is that sound, does that sound, that sound right to you, Rev? I don't know. Oh, I know. I got to go back to my book. Let me go back. I'll go back and give her the right, I'll give her, I'll give her the right thing because I know I have it right here. It is, uh, it is Fiona Staples. Excuse me. Uh, Fiona Staples is the artist you're talking about. And you're right. Yeah. She just is, uh, her artwork is so amazing. Uh, just the, the, the great work that she's done. And it is an epic, it's an epic adventure. You know, Brian, and, and, if, and, and, and with issue 55, make sure you read the last section where Brian K. Vaughn says, hi, everybody, it's been a long time, and <laughs> even comments on the fact that, yeah, you know, things have happened, including a TV show that didn't do so well, and he's talking about why The Last Man, which got canceled yeah. uh, on Hulu. Uh, I don't think that's his fault. It would be interesting to hear his opinion of how they did that show. Oh, yeah. Because I, I really... I just don't remember the title character of Why the Last Man. I don't I remember him being such an unlikable guy in the book. Yeah. And they made him so unlikable in the in the in the story. 
And I'm like, Ugh, it's I been just, so you know. long since I read those. It's like one of the first like graphic novels that I read, you know, all the way through. So it was just one of those I didn't remember much. So when I went back and watched it. I didn't make it through the first season. I watched, I think, the first two episodes, and I was like, Yeah, yeah this did. isn't this isn't for me. Like yeah. I love the graphic novel, but this ju- this just isn't my bag. And I, I, everyone else agreed. Apparently, it broke my heart because I'm like, why do I not like this guy? I'm like, I don't remember not liking him, uh, Yorick. I don't <laughs> yeah, remember not Yorick, liking yeah. Yorick, and I'm just like, and I don't like Yorick. Uh, I think that you know the the creators said, here's how we're gonna do this. And I mean, there were some characters I did like. It's just like, I don't mind the characters. You, you know, I don't know if they were like in the book or not, to be honest, it was so long. But like the characters I liked are fine. But why did you have to make the main character so unlikable? <laughs> I don't remember him being so unlikable. And it could be my bad memory or it could be the reason why the show didn't do well. Can't wait for Brian's responses someday about this. Right. But Saga 55 on sale from Image right now. And I'm glad it's back, baby. Now, a thing that just ended, and it was very interesting about this because it's been a roller coaster ride with the book of Boba Fett. We had seven episodes. The first four dealt with um, the rise and kind of catching up with Boba Fett to where he is at this point in um, dealing with uh, with Mos Espa and all of the different uh, things that are going on with him becoming a Daimo. And, uh, you know, giving up the bounty hunter life for maybe a a chiller area. Then episodes five and six went off the rails, was more of a Mandalorian episode than anything else. But some people believe it's actually back on the rails as far as being a good show. And I I am one of those people. So it was it was it was kind of a meandering show. Like it kind of felt like they didn't know where they were going with it. And then they needed to put a bow on it. With episode seven, the big finale, we needed a big battle to deal with this. And you know what? Gosh darn it. They managed to do it, in my opinion. I personally thought that this episode brought everything back together and was fantastic. Ooh, fantastic. You, I will tell you, our friend Josh, and you know him, yep. uh, from the Board Game Alliance, if we ever get to do that again once we can get people back in the building. Uh, wow. Uh Josh is he he was he actually agreed with everything you just said up until this last episode. Not a fan of the last episode. Really? Yeah, he wasn't a fan of the last episode, and um, I can't disagree with what he said because there were some choices made that I thought really that doesn't put a bow on this because okay, you know, uh, and we can talk about it. it yeah, yeah, it, yeah. You know, once you because I mean you probably want to you know, you maybe talk about the episode a little bit, and then when you when you get to the parts, I'll go. Well, here's okay. where. But I will say this. Um, the first part of the season, the only thing I liked were the Tuscan Raiders. Um, I, I've said it before. Tamira Morrison, I don't know. I have a bias against that guy, just like I have a bias for Ming-Na Wen, to the point where I like everything Ming- Ming-Na's in, so do I give her credit? Like, Does she do a good job in the in the Star Wars universe? Because I, I think she does, but is it because I like her in everything else? Whereas Tamira... Never been a big fan of his all the way back to Django Fett. I thought he was an okay actor, but I was like, eh. I mean, you know what? And I'm not a Boba Fett guy because the way other people are. Meanwhile, I love the Mandalorian. And so, you know, that strong, silent type who you go, what is going on with this guy? 
uh, they got right with the Mandalorian, and I think that's the problem. Many people have said, you know who the, you know who Boba Fett really is. It's the, that they want him to be the Mandalorian. They want yeah. him to be that cool. Yeah. And unfortunately, that's that role was taken by Kulalorian and not by Boba Fett. <laughs> and I, you know, I, I don't necessarily disagree with that because just the simple fact of is like, yeah, the writing was a little stiff when it came down to it. There were some interesting choices, even in this last episode, where I'm like, all right, okay, I'm just gonna let it kind of go at this point in time. But the fact that they were able to a bring it back to um, the big battle. We still had to face off with the Pike Syndicate, and we have this entire cadre of just people from all over and just trying to fit them in to finish this all out. I felt that they were able to do that with, hey, we've, we're going all over the place, but they were able to bring it back to where it was supposed to be on Tatooine, on this little area, and you know, kind of flesh that out and figure it out. And it really came down to, okay, we need to get all of these people together. We're going to do all of this sort of thing where, okay, we're going to make sure that the Pike Syndicate doesn't ambush us. And then, well, what happens is, is like all the people that they thought would be neutral turns out not to be neutral because they're all siding with the Pike Syndicate. Of course, which, you know, it's funny because Mandalorian said, oh, smart move. Even though earlier, you know, basically Boba said it wouldn't be a smart move. So yeah. that's kind of the thing I have a hard time with, like, Geez, they even make the Mandalorian look smarter again. Just you know, the, yeah. it's, it's just like God. He made it's like yeah, Boba. Why did you ever think they would not side with the Pike Syndicate? They're going to side with whoever looks like it's going to survive. Exactly, and it was yeah. it, even on that aspect. Like any time that like Boba says something, and someone's like, "No, I think we should do this," and he's like, mm, "Okay." The only time I thought it was super entertaining was when they sent out the mayor's spokesperson to go out there and give the terms to the Pike Syndicate. And it was just like, instead of giving like a surrender thing, it was just, F you, you get nothing. And the guy's like, uh, his word's not mine. I thought that was funny because it kept in line of what was going on. Yeah. But was, everyone's he, telling yeah. him to do stuff. And exactly. then he's like, okay, yeah, you're right. You're right. You know, it's just like, he's not, he doesn't stand up for, like he's standing up for the people. But then even the other characters and even like Cad Bane, like they're just saying like, yeah, but you didn't stand up for the other guys, you know, like it's, you know, the Tuscans that, you know, brought you back, saved you, gave you their, you know, all of their, you know, uh, uh, heritage and history and all that stuff. And you let them die. But now these other people who don't care about you are now important. It, it is goofy. It, it, yeah, it's and that's just not what we know Boba Fett. Like, all of a sudden, I know you, you were trained by the Tuscans. Don't have a problem with that. But why do you all of a sudden care about everybody when you were a bounty hunter and you didn't care about anybody? Yeah. I mean, yeah, I'm not, what, because you were in the Sarlacc pit all those years? <laughs> that's what I I'm mean, thinking, man. You know, it's just like, hey, 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 I spent some time in the Sarlacc pit. Now, you know what? I'm know, getting too old for this S. The Tuscan Raiders kind of changed your mind that you should care about everybody? I don't know. It was a bit, It's a bit of a stretch for me. Yeah. And also, Tamara just didn't do a good enough job. He just, I was like, I don't like this actor. This actor just isn't pulling this off for the lead of a show. Um, and it was just... Every time the Mandalorian came on screen, it was pale to me. It was like you're a wannabe. You're it, he, they took Boba Fett and they really made him lame because they kept standing him next to the Mandalorian. Yeah. Uh, and the one thing that uh, our buddy Josh pointed out that I think is really key, and I hadn't noticed this, but when he said it, it, it was like, yeah, this is a writing problem because if you know the Star Trek universe, uh, the Star Wars universe, is that Boba Fett should have actually killed. The Pike people, because the the one thing that meant to him, that meant something to him, were the Tuscan Raiders. He had no involvement in their death. It was Fennec Shand. Oh, and by the way, Fennec was probably the one that should have killed 
you know, Cad Cad Bane because of the fact she has history with him. I mean, we've seen it yeah. play out in Bad Batch and and, and Clone Wars. It's so they had the two people go fight the wrong people, which to me is like it was. It's all about the Sand People. That's the only part of Boba Fett that we were like, okay, we get that he really cares about the Sand People. That's the only thing we really learned about him. That that so he had nothing to do with avenging them, and she had nothing to do with basically. I think avenging an interaction that she had with uh, Cad Bane because there was a real pivotal part in Bad Batch where she mm, was supposed to protect somebody's life and Bane was trying to get that person. And I'm like, wow, you know, Filoni's involved. And so he knows all this. I'm like, wow, that you, Josh was right. I was like, that is an epic writing failure. Uh, the it only, really, really is. The only thing I would say about that is that maybe Fennec ended up killing all the Pike Syndicate because as a new daimyo that he was able to delegate his responsibilities to the assassin who is definitely more capable than he is at this point. Yeah. I mean, I just look at it as a fan. That's me just, you know, kind of filling the void sort of thing on that aspect. Yeah. I feel like, you know, here's what I feel like. I feel like the Mandalorian would have done it right. (laughs) (laughs) You know, you know, you can't really argue with that. I did like, first off, I love the action in this. I love the fact that they had some massive droids. I love the fact that they were able to incorporate everybody into the battles. Nobody just got cast to the wayside. Even the Power Rangers, who I hate. I I don't necessarily like them, but you know what? At least they were able to have I was happy that they didn't just use them as fodder well, Jer- uh, and they were Jeremy, a little bit of a, a, a you know a use to them the problem is this and Jeremy Johns pointed this out and Jeremy does a great oh, he yeah. does a lot of great YouTube videos he pointed out that they were just out of place the whole time it's like we're on Tatooine where it is a ragtag looking joint and they in every way shape or form looked w- I know they're city people yeah but it's like the city of Tatooine, like the city part of Tatooine still looks ragged. I mean, you know, it's maybe not as ragged as Freetown, but it's still not like New York City. You yeah, know what I mean? It's, yeah. And so they were so out of place with their shiny bikes and their shiny clothes. And I just, you know, and, and Jeremy said they looked like that casino planet that they had in one of the star, like in like, was the, last the last Jedi. Jedi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? That That's where they looked like they belonged. And I agree. I feel like. What, what, how did you not realize these guys stuck out like a sore thumb and they were really just not appealing? They just weren't appealing to me. And, uh, I, I, and, and it's just, yeah, that was, I think, bad writing as well, is that they were part of this. The one thing that did redeem it all for me, and even like watching it, I was like, oh, this is awesome and this is great. The fact that it, the, the thing ended with Boba Fett riding a freaking Rancor. That was cool. Like that, like at that point in time, I'm like, all right, series redeemed. Like the yeah. fact that they, 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 they teased the Rancor pretty early on and still came back and did that you know it's like all right there are flaws with this i'm not going to go back and watch this series but the fact that they were able to do that incorporate the rancor i mean hell in- incorporate grogu incorporate the 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 gen z biker scoot gang like all of these people that were a part of everything like just the fact that they were able to do that is kind of a testament to the fact that yeah it, it isn't a great series but at least it opens up the world, uh, the galaxy again, and kind of leads and lets you understand what's going on, you know, pre, um, pre Scott, the pre new series and the old series, you know, kind of doing the bridge on that. I give it a pass. Is it amazing? No. Is it fun? Some most of the time, four, five, and uh, five, six, and seven are really good episodes. The other ones, you get some story, but it's kind of a mess. But overall, 
I'm fine with it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which isn't a resounding, you know, like, hooray, yeah. but at the same point. You know, yeah. it's, it's Star Wars. It did, and now, Vicky hasn't said much, which means I don't think she's watched it. She not has yet. not. Yeah, no. And here's the problem. Vicky was like, and, and look, I think it says a lot. Vicky could not wait for The Mandalorian. And I still want to watch it, but life finds a way <laughs> well, to make it so you can't see anything you want. Like, I just recently watched Shang-Chi for the first time. But I feel like, like Vicky, you love the Mandalorian so much that you would have made it a priority because you are you 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 were just on top of the world for that series. But I mean, Boba Fett. I mean, I look. I don't think Boba Fett, in my opinion, doesn't hit you the same way. Now, granted, I don't know if you knew that the Mandalorian was going to show up. I didn't. I didn't know yeah, he was going to Boba Fett. Either, yeah. And yeah. Like, so I mean, I'm not I've heard fa- all the other stuff that's all a lot of other characters that have shown up. So I really that's even more incentive. But, but you didn't know, did you? No, at the not beginning. until yeah. now. <laughs> and that's my and that's my point, Rev. Is that uh, I feel like Boba Fett. You know, I I just I mean, you know, when you think about it, all he ever he had like four lines, and I know there's a mystique and all that involved. Yeah. But I I'm gonna look at I watched Star Wars when I was 17 when it came out the for episode four. So I feel like I can speak on this. I never had the same love for Boba Fett the way other people did. And my brain couldn't understand why I'm like, I get it. He's a cool bounty hunter, but I think it's the mystery. And once you try to, and then when the Mandalorian came out, well, Boba Fett's none of this. He's none of the Mandalore culture and spirituality. Yeah. Boba Fett, Somehow, some way, got this armor, which I still don't like. I, I think the episode, I think the uh, the explanation is BS because a bounty harbor, a bounty hunter, somehow honorably getting this honor, this armor. No, I, I'm not for it. I'm really not, especially knowing Django Fett, who tried to kill Prince, you know, Princess, you know, Prince, whatever, Amidala. You know, I'm sorry. No, you guys will never be honorable enough to be Mandalorians. So, but okay, fine. You got We're the fine. armor. Yeah, yeah. That's the problem. Is they, I think they tried to just shoebox a lot of crap in to make Boba Fett. Cooler than he really is. He's a bounty hunter scum. He really, really is. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. Well, I mean, even going on from that, the series is over, but they're still going to be staying in the Star Wars world because it's going to be a little bit of a wait. But Disney CEO, CEO Bob Chapik has said during the company's earnings call that the next Star Wars Disney Plus series, Obi-Wan Kenobi, will debut in May. Woo! Yeah, baby. Here's the thing, though. So excited. It's not going to be May the 4th, which I feel is probably the biggest failing of this all thing, because I'm very excited for this series, but it will be debuting on May 25th, the Wednesday before the Memorial Day weekend. Not horrible. So it's not horrible. You just got to wait a little bit longer. That makes sense, though. And Obi-Wan Kenobi will see the return of Ewan McGregor as the younger Obi-Wan, and it'll bring back Hayden Christensen as Darth Vader. I'm very fascinated with this. Me too. Because obviously he's he's Darth Vader. Yeah, they say as Darth Vader. Yeah, he's Darth Vader, which means, you know, somehow we're going to probably have him speaking in a way where we see him, you know, with his mask off, his helmet off. And therefore, those will be, I, I, it has to be that way because does it matter if Hayden's playing the role if, if James Earl Jones is doing the voice? No, I mean, it would be ridiculous if, if you know, it's James Earl Jones. You know. Well, no, but Hayden's in the mask. Yeah, but yeah, it's not. Yeah. Uh, 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 so, I mean, uh, so I think we're going to see a lot of like, you know, him taking a bath, you know, when he takes his bath and they oh, see him. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. whatever the hell he's doing. Uh, Interesting. That, yeah, good call. Yeah, or if it's going to be some force communication, the way they sort of did with um, with Kylo Ren and with Ray. Oh, you know I mean, that sort of yeah. projection kind of stuff. So I, I'm excited to see where it will go. I want a redemption story for Hayden Christensen because 
I will tell you this. Not Anakin, Darth Vader for Hayden. <laughs> right, because the character of Anakin, I believe, has been redeemed because of Clone Wars. Yeah. I think a lot of people love the character Anakin much better, especially his relationship with Ahsoka Tan. So I think that if Hayden Christensen can get some love because they'll let him do more than what Lucas gave him, which, you know how Lucas is, the, the mm-hmm. dialogue's never his thing. <laughs> no. um, I'm, I'm really looking, and plus, hey, Ewan McGregor is a great actor. Absolutely. I think it's, it's like Hiddleston. It's like, wait, you getting a guy of the quality of Tom Hiddleston to actually do a TV show? It's the same thing with Ewan McGregor. It's like, he was great in Fargo, and I was so excited to hear that he was doing a television show. Yeah. And it's the same thing with this, but of course, it's like a movie, really. It's like a, <laughs> it's like a movie, really. It will be. It'll be a longer movie at this point uh, in time. I'm so, And it's, it takes place 10 years after, and my question is, will we see Darth Maul? Like, or, oh. or, or, or was Darth Maul already dead? I don't know the timeline, because Darth Maul does... Spoiler alert, he does have a final confrontation with Obi-Wan Kenobi. The trouble, here's the thing, Obi-Wan Kenobi was an old man when Darth Maul had this this confrontation with him, so it's very possible we may see mm. some sort of interaction, maybe. I don't know. I mean, wow, it's, uh, that I would mean, be interesting, it, yeah. I didn't even yeah, think about that. Yeah, so I, I don't know. You know, I mean, it's... Uh, it's still exciting just to think. I mean, I don't, I might, my timeline might be all screwed up and it may not happen because it it's 10 years after, I think. Yeah, I don't know if you said. Know. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's 10 years after uh, episode six. So we'll see. Uh, episode, no, I'm sorry. Oh, wait. Episode three, right? Oh, then you know what? I'm completely off. It's not going to have anything with Darth Maul. It's, oh, you're right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Never mind. I'm an idiot. Oh, I no, think. I mean, I think. I mean, I don't well, know. You I know mean, what? Uh, now you just put it into my brain. So now I'm expecting Darth Maul I the mean, entire time. So when I don't get it, I'm going to be sorely uh, um, sad and you'll be the person I blame. Yeah, but no, here's why. Because Darth Maul is still alive when Han Solo and Chewie meet in that, because we saw that in Solo. Yes, we did. So this probably won't have anything to do with Darth Maul and what happens with him and, and, and with Obi-Wan, at least the one I'm thinking of. It well, won't happen that way. Well, a boy can dream. But I'm I know, still going to be mean, watching it when it comes out on the 25th of Sorry May. Sorry for the confusion. <laughs> well, uh, no more time for confusion because it is now time for... The Geek Sheet with Vicky B. All right, Vicky, it's Wednesday. Got to do it in honor of Joe here, but uh, what do you got going for us? How do you guys as a whole feel about Zack Snyder? <laughs> you said whole. Yeah, I did. Yes, uh, you did. Uh, you know, um, for his the things that he does, they're very visually amazing. Um, sometimes really kind of lack a lot of substance. So there's times where I feel he's a little junk foodie when it comes down to his movies. Okay, BJ? Yeah, you know, I will say this. You could say the same thing about George Lucas. You know, his movies were beautiful visually, really pushed the boundaries of special effects and things of that nature. Uh, And I love that about Zach, but I think Rev's right sometimes. And also... I just feel like he just like the story gets lost sometimes because he just overloads it with his Zachness. Uh, I I would definitely go with something like Watchmen, which kind of uh, like I like it for the visuals, but kind of missed the mark. And I really appreciated the fact that the HBO series really harkened back to the comic books as opposed to I the mean, Zack Snyder well, show. Even then, the Zack Snyder movie, The Watchmen, was very very close to the comics. They changed yeah. a couple key important things because it would have been too much for it, even though it was a really long movie, especially for the time, what, it came out 2008 or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so I, 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 it's still one of my favorite Zack Snyder movies of all time, and you're right. He does make very beautiful movies to the point where it kind of has the whole Wachowski effect where 
I feel like they shouldn't be making movies. They should be making series. And Sensei oh, is a perfect okay. example for it. All right, all because right. Because they have a big story to tell and to condense it into two hours, even three hours if you had that time and money. I don't feel like it gets across. Okay. That being said, he has another sci-fi movie coming out, and some of the concept art has come out, and it has like a Star Wars-inspired vibe to it, and it's a Netflix epic is what it's saying. Oh, BJ. So, I'll watch it. Oh, yeah, I mean, right. I know. Yeah, I'll, I'll, definitely, I'll, I'll watch definitely watch it. Well. it. It's free, and <laughs> it's sci-fi. Sure. So the movie is called Rebel Moon, and there's quite a few big-name actors in this so that far. That seems really, really close to, like, a Star Wars thing. Right. It says, the people of a galaxy sends a young woman to seek out warriors from other planets to help them from a ty- uh, tyrannical armies that are terrorizing their peaceful colonies. Kind of like this. Yeah. Okay. I really um, kind of like it. So far, the premise is cool. Uh, we have Charlie Hunnam. Jenna Malone, oh, Ray okay. Fisher, who was also cyborg. Yeah, I want to call him Titan, but no, it's right. Cyborg in the Zack Snyder uh, 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 Justice League. Yes, um, and then it's Jaman Hansu, who we've seen him in pretty much everything. He was in Guardians of the Galaxy. He's the guy that's like, <laughs> who? <laughs> Star-Lord, you know. That's right, yeah. I mean, he's been, like I said, everything. Oh, you uh, just remind. So he, wait a second. Was Zach the one or was it uh, Joss Whedon the one that wasn't a big fan of Ray? Because remember, they were, there were two versions of, of Joss, Justice League. Joss Whedon, yeah, I it believe. Was, it was Joss Whedon. And okay. uh, he had issues with. Because Zach Snyder. That makes sense. Then. I was going to say, yeah. why would Zach put Ray? Why would he put him back in? Because right. I. Which, by the way, I completely disagree with. I think that Ray was a great character and Josh was high mm-hmm. when he mm-hmm. did not put him in the movie that much. Because yeah. I thought it, it's the only thing I liked about the new version of Justice League, really. The big part of it was more cyborg. Uh, funny enough uh, that I mentioned Sense8 because uh, Bay Duna, who played Sun in Sense8, also in this movie. Oh, and in also movie. in The Silent Sea, which is a mm-hmm. thing that's on Netflix right now. I, I, I would oh, watch yeah. that series. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Sophia Butella, who, if you saw Atomic Blonde, she was in it as well. Uh, Star Trek Beyond, that was the last Star Trek movie that came out. She was the oh. white uh, alien. Oh, really? She oh, she's cool. The second uh, Kingsman movie. And she was in also, oh, I think she was the, in that really, really horrible. Yep, she was in The Mummy, the one with Tom Cruise. Oh, no. We're not going to mention <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, we won't hold that against her. Right. Uh, but this is like, I'm looking at some of the in- images, the concept images, and the artwork looks amazing. And it's snack- Zack Snyder. He's going to make something beautiful. You know that. Yeah. yeah it- I, I will watch it. Oh, yeah. I will, I'll definitely watch a Zack Snyder sci-fi movie in a heartbeat just it, because yeah. it is going to be gorgeous. Absolutely. And the beauty of it, I mean, it's on Netflix. You can watch it at home. And if mm. you get bored of it, you can just turn it off. Or take a nap. Yeah. <laughs> 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 it really is such a great time to be a sci-fi fan. It really, really is. There's, There's so, so much, so out, much there. Of it out there. Yeah. All right. Going from one end of the spectrum, would you? Okay. What would you call Mad Max? Is that technically sci-fi? Uh, yeah. It's it, it's 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 the future. It's, it's post-apocalyptic sci-fi diesel punk. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to put I mean, it any, into a box. Any any science you know science fiction to me is uh, anything that's based in the future where you have any sort of scientific stuff going on. Uh, well, and it's I, not that, today; it's tomorrow. You know, and like even uh, if yeah. it's just cars, that's why I was thrown off. I'm like, because the only science would be the mechanical aspect of the cars. Yeah. Well, don't forget her robot arm, which that doesn't too. exist. And it's a lot. Yeah, it's a lot of that sort of thing going okay. on those lines. It's the ingenuity of man in the post-apocalyptic sort of thing. It kind of akin to like a fo- like Fallout in video games, mm-hmm. where those are definitely sci-fi. And. I'm kind of disappointed that we're even though we're going to get a Furiosa movie in the future, it's not going to be Charlize Theron playing yeah. her. Um, that being said, did you know that uh, it almost wasn't Tom Hardy? 
Really? That played the role. Who the hell else would have been Max, man? Tom Hanks. It would literally Again, that guy taking every role. Why do you I always got to bring up Tom Hanks? I'm just saying I don't believe that he's as good of a guy as everybody says he is. I'm telling you, nobody's that perfect. There, nobody's that perfect. There was once one guy who came real close, apparently. Closer than I would have expected. Wow, really? Who? Eminem. But what? what it, Eminem would have been over Tom Hardy? It says... Uh, wow, this that would have been a mistake. This, Yeah, exactly. So this is what came from the director. He says, we did get in touch with him, though. That's as far as it went, because we were going to shoot in Australia at that point, and he simply did not want to leave home. And I think he had the impression that if he could do it out, out of his home state, then he'd be up for it. I mean... Wow, what a... I mean... If that's, that, that's a good near wow. miss on that one, I feel. Yeah, like, Tom I, Hardy's a terrific actor. And I, I love Eminem. I think he's hilarious and... Like, he's not really an actor. Even, like, when I've seen him in SNL and stuff, his acting is not... He's funny because he's not good. If that makes sense. Because he's just so awkward. Because who he really is is very different from the character as a rapper he portrays. And eh. it it even gets down to the fact that, I mean, you look at the Mad Max role in, like, Fury Road. And he he was supposed to be the stoic, silent guy who's just... Going along with the stuff that's actually happening. And like, like, he's the main character because his name's in the title, but that's really all about it. Right. Like, it's, it's really about everything else going around him. So when you stick someone in that position, I think, okay, you can get away with that. But Tom Hardy did so much without really speaking at all yeah. that I don't think that someone like Eminem, no offense to him at any point, no. but just that he wouldn't be able to convey the same emotions as Tom Hardy did by saying so few words. And according to Mark Sexton, he says, I'm glad it didn't happen. Eminem really Me whole too. different bent there. And the feminist story behind Mad Max Fury Road might have taken a bit of a hammering if he played the role. And I think it would have been a distraction. Yeah, I really think it would have been a distraction. My brain just is like, what? Is this a producer that really like thought, here, let's go get this guy when when obviously Tom Hardy was available? Like you could have even like he should have been on your short list, Tom Hardy. And to think, well, uh, Tom Hardy, Eminem, like. What? These lists? These are completely different lists. Maybe what, it's, they, what are you doing here? Maybe it's like, yeah, like a producer who is just giving him notes and being like, hey, I know Eminem. Maybe ask him. And you're like, uh, you know who Eminem is, right? Yeah. You know what we're doing, right? Yeah. And they're just like, eh, fine, whatever. Let's appease this guy just to do it. This is why this is why the, the sometimes the money people really need to just shut up. <laughs> yeah, but also they have the money, so that's uh, why they still need to shut up if they want it to be good. It's just because you have the money doesn't mean you know anything about like casting. That's true. How much time do I have? You can do another short one. Okay. Will this be short? Okay. One more thing before we get out of here. Uh, a movie that I've seen recently and BJ has too. Could there be a possibility that it goes on to Broadway, perhaps? Ooh, which one is this? Encanto. Oh, of course it will. Because it was Lin-Manuel Miranda who did all the music for it. Okay. Uh, And he is very popular and very famous for Hamilton, which was on Broadway. Which was great, too, by the way. I I don't know if you can still watch it on uh, Disney+. It it might still be there. You can always check it out. Yep. Uh, so he was recently asked what he thought about the possibility of that happening, and he said, I think it's, it weirdly lends itself well. They don't always, you know, like, I can't picture Moana, the Broadway musical, and I don't know how you would do the ocean. My first draft for the last song of the movie, All of You, was like seven minutes long, and it was so late in the production that they were like, Lynn, we won't make the movie in time. You actually have to cut this down. <laughs> so I've got the Broadway finale, like, it's like in the chamber. So he's ready for it. <laughs> he's ready for it. Oh, sp- it, spoiler alert! Or, or I'll try to be as, but, but I mean, it's been long can, enough, DJ. If they can, if they can on stage recreate the house, just like no longer being a house. 
You know that. I mean, boy, what a, what a great stage thing that would be. It's yeah, yeah. I think it's got everything it needs to be a great play. It's great production. It's such a it's such an amazing movie, and I know Rev that you. You, you're worried it's going to duck on your heartstrings too much, and that's why you yeah, haven't watched I've, it. I, I've been holding back on it. Um, and, yeah, a lot of, like, I've even seen, like, a lot of the memes and a lot of people talking about it. It mm-hmm. has to do a lot with family stuff. And, like, I swear, like, even, like, Guardians of the Galaxy mm-hmm. 2, I've watched it literally twice because of the stuff they have to deal with Ego and Peter. So... There's there's and a whole do. sort of, yeah, okay, yeah. So oh, don't, 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 I'm sorry. maybe I'll eventually watch it and I'll make sure and have all the uh, hankies ready for it all. And that's what's so great is that there, you know, this is also a movie that kids will see. Mm-hmm. And the idea that kids at a young age can learn about family dynamics and it's, I mean, it is a brilliant movie anyway, but then the, the, the depth of it all mm-hmm. of Encanto is, uh, is, ah. Oh, I, I, so well done. I mean, I it just shows you where society is, that you can make a movie like this with that kind of subject matter, with the depth of it all, and have it still be an animated Disney success. That is a as as well as rep, as represent marginalized people too. Don't mm-hmm. forget that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, in a big um, way. I, I mean, my God. I and also show that you really can do a great movie. And tell basically the folks that have been represented in movies for years, hey, you know what? You can let someone else be represented in a movie, oh, and you still yeah. can enjoy it. It, uh, you know, uh, because the other the marginalized people have been doing that for years. So why don't you step aside there, Whitey, and let it get done? <laughs> well, like even the amount of children, like I've seen a lot of posts of like kids next to the screen, like finally a character that looks like me. But not only that, seeing kids that are you know white kids and maybe not kids of color. Like enjoying this movie and enjoying the music and the culture and the colors and appreciating it. Like it's it's something that needs to be taught and shown more. It's not like this stuff is for us and that stuff is for you. It's for everybody. Yeah. And we need to come together and show our side now. <laughs> and it's and it's super colorful. Like just the colors <sighs> popping on it, like all of the things I've seen from it. So I mean, yes, I will see it eventually. I just need to block off a night. And plus, I think which is cool is that uh, I guess I, I guess Disney was thinking that you know there'd be certain dolls that would be sold, and they were not anticipating the strong sisters doll Louisa. to be such a big seller. Yeah, and <laughs> and and she has been an amazing part of uh, you know of that movie. And uh, man, just so many things you can look at with that movie and go, wow, they are breaking so many stereotypes in such a positive way. I do have words with uh, Lin Manuel Miranda if we ever see him. Like for the fact, <laughs> surface pressure. You did not have to hit me in the, like. That was about me, and I know it was, and we have words. I have to have words with him. (laughs) Oh, dear. Oh, yeah. Well, until next time, guys, stay nerdy.